SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. Almost every religion has some sort of afterlife concept, and we're talking about it today at SWS Radio, whether it's reincarnation or going to some sort of physical place like heaven or hell, or maybe just being in the grave like dead is dead and it's all done, dust to dust. We're talking with author and investigative journalist Lee Strobel today at SWS Radio. Thanks so much for having me. You know, Benjamin Franklin said, in this world, nothing's certain except for death and taxes. And obviously the quote's not fully true, but it reminds us that our time on earth is limited. Yeah, it makes you think about for sure. I was The reason I wrote this book is that I almost died. My wife found me unconscious on the bedroom floor, called an ambulance. I woke up in the emergency room and the doctor looked at me and said, you're one step away from a coma, two steps away from dying. And so I hovered between life and death for quite a while. And, and I'll tell you what, that's a very clarifying experience if yeah. you've ever had that experience. It really makes you ask the question, how do I know for sure that when I close my eyes for the last time in this world, I'll open them in the presence of God forever? And uh, even though I'm a Christian, I believe what the Bible teaches. I'm still kind of a skeptical guy. My background's in journalism and law. So I wanted to investigate, does the biblical teaching make sense? What does science say about it? What does philosophy say about it? What do other religions say about it? And that launched me on this investigation that resulted in my new book, The Case for Heaven. So what was the first question you're like, I got to tackle this first and foremost before I even dig into all the layers of life and death? Well, one of the key things I looked at that really opened my eyes, because I was a skeptic about this, are near-death experiences. I thought those were kind of a new age thing. I thought they were dying gasps of a brain lacking oxygen, that it was just a hallucination kind of a thing. Well, what I discovered is there have been over 900 scholarly studies of near-death experiences in uh, medical journals and scientific publications. And what I looked at was those cases where we have strong corroboration that indeed the person's spirit or soul did separate from their body at the time of clinical death, and they did experience things that they otherwise would not experience. So we have corroboration for that. For instance, there was a woman named Maria who died in surgery, and she describes how her soul separated from her body. She watched the resuscitation efforts going on in her body, and her soul floated through the hospital out of the hospital. And when she returned to her body and came back to consciousness, she said, oh, by the way, there's a tennis shoe on the third floor landing on the roof of the hospital. It's blue. It's left-footed. It's It's a man's shoe. It's got a little wear over the little toe and the shoelace is tucked under the heel. And they went up the roof and they found the shoe exactly as she has described. Now, that's just one of dozens of examples that I give in the book where we have corroboration. We even have cases, get this, we have cases documented where people who were blind since birth had the near-death experience and were able to see during their near-death experience And then when they came back into their body, they lost their eyesight again. As one doctor said, this is medically impossible. So we do have documentation that, just as the Bible says, that our spirit separates from our body at the time of death. The other thing I learned that blew my mind, I interviewed John Burke, who studied a thousand near-death experiences. And he determined that even though there's peripheral differences between these accounts, There's a common core to what people experience. And here's the key. That common core is consistent with Christian theology. And I interviewed him for my book, The Case for Heaven, and he backs that up verse by verse. So I think that near-death experiences surprised me 
by showing that, you know, as the Lancet Medical Journal, very prestigious medical journal in England said, none of the alternative explanations for near-death experiences make sense. They don't pan out. So I think this is good evidence that indeed our spirit, our soul does separate from our body at the time of death and stay conscious and alive for a period of time. We're talking about the case for heaven today with Lee Strobel on SWS Radio. A minute ago, we were talking about the nature of our soul. And when people die, the soul separates from the body. There's just all kinds of different clinical studies and scholarly studies talking about how the soul separates from the body when people die. And you dig into that in this book. But Lee, what have you learned about how to even explain how our soul works? I mean, you've got your body, your mind, your soul, or maybe you have your mind, your will, your emotions. How do you see how the soul works from the way that you've studied this, talking to all kinds of scholars, professors, and doctors, and neuroscientists? Yeah, that's a great question. I interviewed a neuroscientist for my book with a PhD from Cambridge University named Dr. Sharon Dierichs. Here's how she explained the fact that we're not just a physical brain, but we do have an immaterial soul or spirit. She said, imagine that there's a woman named Mary who is the world's leading expert on sight, on vision. She knows everything about how the brain processes vision. She knows how the eye works. She knows how the optic nerve transmits visual images. She knows every fact about how vision works, but she's blind. Here's the question. If she were to recover her eyesight for the first time, would she learn anything new about vision? Well, yeah, of course she would. She'd be able to see. And what the point of that is that we're not just a physical brain, but we have experiences and emotions and volition and will that is separate from our physical brain, which is explainable if the fact that God created us because he is a disembodied mind. And if a disembodied mind created us in his image, it would make sense that we would have not just a physical mind, but a disembodied mind as well, or a spirit or soul. And so I think there's good evidence that indeed we have this immaterial soul that does survive our clinical death. We're talking about the case for heaven with Lee Strobel today at SWS Radio. And during Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, like he's talking about loving our enemies, right? Like we're reading through the Gospel of Matthew. But one thing that Jesus said is kind of interesting. He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And, you know, after you read all of that, you're thinking like, you got questions about who you are, all the ways that you fall short. Even though we have a relationship with God, we think about the stuff we've done, the lies we've told, the shady stuff that's in our past. I mean— Is there any way to fully feel like, you know what, I'm secure in knowing that I am going to heaven? Lee, you studied this in a deep way, talking to scholars, talking to academics, talking to neuroscientists and doctors. Have you ever figured out, like, do you feel like there's a way to get past that fear of death? I really do believe so. In fact, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15 says, Jesus can rescue us from the slavery that many of us have to the fear of death. The Bible also says in 1 John that these things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. So God doesn't want you in a sense of ambiguity or apprehension or anxiety. Or, you know, he wants you to know for a fact that when you close your eyes for the last time in this world, you'll open them in his presence for eternity. And how can we know for a fact? Well, you know, the Bible is 800,000 words. It's a big book. But I can summarize the central message of the Bible in one verse, 21 words, 
Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the wages of sin, as you say, what we've earned, what we deserve because of the wrongs we've done in our life is death, which is eternal separation from God. But none of us wants that. But that verse says the free gift of eternal life, a gift that we cannot earn, a gift that we cannot merit. We just need to receive this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. When we do that, we become a child of God and we can be secure in the knowledge that when we leave this world, we'll be with God forever. In fact, for my book, I interviewed Luis Palau just before he died. He, of course, is the world famous evangelist. He shared Jesus with a billion people during his lifetime. And I asked him, are you afraid of death? And he said, I'm not really. He said, because the Bible says to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And his confidence was not based on the fact that he had shared Jesus with a billion people. So he earned his way to heaven. No, his confidence was based on the fact that Jesus went to the cross as his substitute to pay for all of his sin. And he had received this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Knowing that, he had confidence that when he left this world, as he did shortly after my interview, he went to be with God forever. We have so many questions about what heaven is, what it looks like. And we're talking with Lee Strobel today at SWS Radio. And he just wrote a new book. It's called The Case for Heaven. And, you know, in the book, you really ask a lot of questions from academics and scholars. But you spend a lot of time also digging through God's Word specifically to say, what does it say about heaven? What does it say about angels? What does it say about us as human beings and our fallen nature? Now, Lee, is heaven going to be like uh, paradise? Is it going to be like a big giant park? Is it going to be like a nonstop 24-7 worship service? I mean, what have you learned about the reality of what heaven actually is? It will be like a party in many ways. In fact, the Bible uses imagery of banquets and celebrations to talk about it. I think a lot of people have this mistaken impression that heaven is very ethereal. It's just spirits and you're up in the cloud somewhere. No, it's a very physical place. The book of Revelation doesn't say that God is going to create new things. It says he's going to create all things new. And so it will be our planet. It will be Earth as we know it, except without sin. It will be in its perfect state. It'll be a very physical experience. We'll have relationships. It'll be theocentric. It'll be focused on God, but we'll have friendships and relationships as well. And I think that's important. One of the things I love is the way Jesus talking about heaven to his disciples said, my father's mansion has many rooms in it. And he uses this image of a home to describe heaven. You know, the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even conceived of what God has planned for those who follow him. So Jesus was able to use metaphors to be able to suggest to us how wonderful heaven is. And he uses the metaphor of a home. And it reminded me, if you've ever traveled internationally, maybe under difficult circumstances, you're living out of a suitcase, you're in kind of crummy hotels, you're in the middle of nowhere, and you're gone for a long time, and and you begin to be homesick. You miss your home. And when you finally get home and you crawl into your own bed, it's such a place of warmth and security and love. And that's the imagery that Jesus uses to help us understand what heaven will be like. 
You know, we think about heaven like it's a giant party, and then nobody wants to talk about hell, right? Well, we're talking with Lee Strobel, and we're going there today at SWS Radio. Now, you wrote this new book. It's called The Case for Heaven, but you actually devote two whole chapters to the other side of this because, you know, we're separated from God when there's sin in our life, and without Jesus stepping in to be that atonement, to have that relationship with us, you know, our eternity is either going to be with him or it's not. And a lot of times we ask these questions like, how could a good God send? people to hell if he loves them. This is a little different understanding when you've dug into this as an investigative journalist, Lee. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I will say that, you know, quite a few experiences of these near-death experiences that people have are not pleasant. They are horrific. Uh, One of them was an atheist experience. He was a professor and head of the art department at a secular university and an atheist. When he had a near-death experience, it was a hellish experience, so hellish that when he recovered, he rejected his atheism. He embraced Jesus as a forgiver and leader, and he's resigned his position at the university and now is a pastor of a small church in Oklahoma. So, you know, hell is a very real place. I think, though, people misunderstand that, too, because God doesn't send people to hell. In a sense, we send ourselves to hell. We're the ones that reject his offer of forgiveness and eternal life. We reject the evidence of his presence in the world and so forth. And it's also important to understand God isn't torturing us. Yes, it is torment. What Torment comes from within. It's a regret that people have. Uh, torture comes from without. It's not a torture. It's a regret, a gnashing of teeth of anger and regret over circumstances. And I think the key thing is we see, and I, I document this in the book in a couple places in Jesus' teachings, that indicates that there will be various levels of hell or, or various ways people experience hell. It's not one size fits all. Some people, the Adolf Hitlers of the world, are going to have worse experiences in the afterlife than my next door neighbor who may be an atheist and rejects God and doesn't want anything to do with heaven and, uh, and goes to, to hell as a result. It'll be two different experiences. And I think that just fits God's justice, that God's justice is not one size fits all. That when we are judged, not one person in history will be able to shake their fist legitimately at God and say that was unfair. We will ultimately all see the fairness of his justice. We're talking with Lee Strobel today at SWS Radio, and he's an award-winning investigative journalist. He has a law degree from Yale. You dealt with a lot of hard crime stories when you were working with the Chicago Tribune. You've seen the worst of humanity. You've also seen encouragement of good people doing things on the other side of tragedy. But, Lee, you had a near-death experience yourself, and you thought, you know what? I want to understand heaven better, and I want to understand the other side of that better, too. Like, hell, there's a lot of people in our lives that are going to be separated from God. And you devoted two whole chapters of your new book, The Case for Heaven, about that. But what have you noticed about the depression, the depravity, the anxiousness, and the psychological that goes along with being separated from God? Yeah. You know, I think we live in a time because of the pandemic where a lot of people are beginning to ask questions that they've never asked before about heaven and hell. You know, I was with my wife at a restaurant recently and we were talking to the waitress and she began to cry. And we said, what's wrong? And she said, I'm sorry, I almost didn't come into work today. My, uh, We just lost a family member to COVID. 
And I thought, here's a young woman, 18 years old or so, probably never thought about death before, probably never considered heaven and hell. And, you know, that's so far off. Why should she care? But now it's come knocking on her family's door. Now she's got questions. Now she's got apprehensions. Now she wants to know for, with confidence that she can spend eternity with God and not be separated from him in hell. So I think this is a time, you know, when you see 29% of Americans either have lost a family member or someone they know to COVID. I lost my brother at the beginning of the pandemic. Many of us have suffered loss and tragedy during this time. And so, you know, I think in God's timing, you know, I didn't plan to write the book because of that. I've been working on it for years. It just happened to come out at the time of this pandemic. And I think that's kind of God's way to say, you know what? There is hope. There is redemption. There is eternal life. The passage has been paid for. Admission to heaven has been paid for. The door is open. The party is starting. Come on in. Anybody, anywhere, at any time who just receives this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life that Jesus purchased for them on the cross, the door is wide open to them. And they can know with confidence that they'll spend eternity with God. We're talking about our deep-seated questions about how our soul works, how our heart works, and about heaven and our relationship with God or being separated from God when we die. We're talking with Lee Strobel today at Eswis Radio. And when we want to understand like how to approach God, you write about the pyramid of heaven in your book. And I would love if you could just kind of break down that thought for a second, because yeah. we talk about truth. We talk about our worldview. We talk about a belief in some higher power, but... It's got to be so much more focused than just believing that there's a God out there somewhere. I'm just throwing up a prayer to the man upstairs. This is about a relationship with Jesus who stepped in to be the atonement for our sin. You know, I interviewed a scholar named Dr. Chad Meister, a well-known philosopher, and we talk about this pyramid to heaven. And what we mean by that is we had to analyze what worldview has the most convincing case for an afterlife. And so we start with the base of the pyramid. What is truth? What, what is truth? And then we look at the various ways that the world looks at truth through pantheism, which is that all everything is God, or theism, which is there is a personal God, or atheism, there is no God. And we analyze each of those and, and we, we conclude that the most logical, rational, best supported worldview is theism. Well, that could be Judaism, it could be Islam, it could be Christianity. And so we look at then which one of those seems to have the best evidence. And then we look at the resurrection of Jesus. And we looked at the historical data that Jesus didn't just claim to be the son of God, but he backed up that claim by returning from the dead. And we believe that that evidence points persuasively toward Christianity worldview as being the most well-supported worldview about the afterlife. And then that leads us to the gospel, that there is hope, that there is eternal life available as a free gift to all who come to God in repentance and faith. Well, we're talking with Lee Strobel today at SWS Radio and his new book, The Case for Heaven. It is out. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today, Lee. I've really enjoyed it. You guys are awesome. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to your great listeners. If you're one of our regular podcast subscribers, I just want to say thanks for plugging in and downloading this podcast. And thanks for checking back in with it every single week as we like to keep this updated. But, you know, it's an experimental sort of thing that we've done here at SOS and taking some of the conversations we have on the radio, going deeper and sharing those with you in this space. And whether you consume that on Spotify or Apple Music or you go through our website at SOSradio.net or you download our app and 
play the podcast through that or Stitcher or one of those other podcast spaces. We appreciate you. If you want to help keep these updated, would you consider making a $25 one-time donation right through SWISRadio.net? It would mean the world to us. And if you want to rate this five stars, it actually helps other people find that on all those digital spaces right where you listen. Thanks for your generosity. You're clear to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.